Hello, welcome to Restoring Immunity with GMOs for Pets. I'm Lauren Hubelay, and I'm here with my dear colleague, Susie Killian, and we are going to share with you the latest findings on extracts for pets. Susie, I'm so glad you can be with me today. Hi, Lauren. Good morning. I'm super thrilled to be with you to talk about my favorite subject, the animals. <laughs> That's great. And you know, Susie, I'm actually a, a little sad talking about animals today because I've been away from mine for three weeks and I'm missing them a little bit. I completely understand. <laughs> I always have that um, mix of excitement and sadness whenever I take a trip. It's almost like, gosh, I can't 100% enjoy the trip because I know I'm going to be thinking about, gee, how are my animals doing when I'm gone? So <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so on that note, though, let's get started. Um, I know our listeners are interested to understand how they might begin using gemotherapy for their um, furry loved ones. And the information we're going to be sharing, Susie, really mostly uh, um, is applied to cats and dogs. Um, but we could certainly, I, I think we both have had interesting experiences with other animals. Um, so these gemos could equally be applied that way, but our experiences are with um, cats and dogs. So if you're beginning to work with gemos with um, one of your loved pets, you'll want to begin in the place of that restoring the connection with their central nervous system. And the reason we're restoring the connection with the central nervous system is this is a system that pets particularly use very actively in bringing in information. As humans, we do as well, but this is the control central for all information for, of sight, sound, taste, touch, and hearing. And um, this is where we see a lot of reactivity in pets. So it's a beautiful place to begin and also to get your feet wet with working with your pet. Now you would begin here, even if your pet would have um, a particular um, symptom going on. We, we need to begin with the central nervous system to make sure communication is correct. Would you agree with that, Susie? Uh, yes, I would agree with that 100%. Um, it's, it's always what I do now after having studied with you for so long and, and knowing how, much, how important that the nervous system is now at this point. So I do always start an animal with a nervous system extract. Yeah, always. So today we're going to look at two that um, we'll, differ, we'll ex talk to you about and differentiate a little bit. Great extracts to start any pet on. The first one is dog rose. I want to talk a little bit about dog rose as we see it um, as an extract in its primary and secondary action. And I'll be sharing this from 
uh, the perspective of using it with humans and Susie will chime in with how you might want to use this for pets and what that pet might look like that um, would benefit from the extract. So dog rose is a, a beautiful extract that when microdoses harmonizes the central nervous system. And what we see that it is good for our pets that feel or seem to us relatively fragile, fragile emotionally, fragile physically. Um, and there, there's really, it, for humans, it's a sense you might fall apart. That's, that's a keynote for um, um, dog rose, like I'm doing everything I can to keep it all together here. So in humans, what dog rose resolves so well is overwhelm that might lead to frustration or anger or sadness um, or anxiety or fears. And this it does while harmonizing the central nervous system. Now dog rose has some other actions that we know well, it's actions for the immune system and resolving inflammation in the body, but we're not talking about that right now. We're, we're looking at only dosing one drop of this extract, what we call a microdose for a pet for harmonizing the central nervous system. Susie, how do you see dog rose? Well, I, I'm certainly always learning <laughs> things. Um, my, the animals are teach me a lot, especially with the extracts. So I can, I can relate kind of what my, what I've come to about dog rose, you know, and what my experience has, is, has been thus far. So I see dog rose, I can definitely extrapolate the same idea of fragility for sure. <clears throat> and that, definitely goes to the animals and how I've been seeing that manifest in the animals is it's 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 a bit of an overreactive state almost it's it's a little more frantic you know it's a little bit more of a high strung animal you know that sort of idea um when the external stimuli is really too much and we kind of just see a sort of, um, I see almost like frantic is, is really a word that comes to mind, like high strung, overreactive and frantic, like that sort of idea. Um, and so it's, it's like when the emotional state is just a little over the top, a little exaggerated, a little pronounced and so what would kind of aggravate an animal in this state could be things like um, being alone animals that have a, and I'm not talking about just your average dog that, oh, I miss my people. I mean, animals that really, really have a huge separation anxiety. It's, it's extreme, you know, they kind of go into a state where they're you know, if they're confined, they're going nuts trying to get out or they're just howling and whining like they really it's it's almost as if they're too fragile, you know, to be alone. So in that in those kinds of states, I think dog rose can be very helpful. And 
dogs or cats that might be overstimulated from even car rides or like too much noise and, and light, too many people, like crowded places, all that overstimulation can sometimes be too much if, if, if dog rose is the right extract for your animal. It's, it's kind of that, that state that we see, even perhaps strangers um, coming to the home or coming near them it's almost if you can think of it as like they just are in this fragile state and and any of this sort of external uh, stimuli is really too much and and their responses can even go to a bit more of the aggressive side and so when i see that sort of theme play out in animals i I have been going to the dog rows and it's been really wonderful for calming that central nervous system down. Susie, that's, that's fantastic information. And I think it will help folks make a decision about um, choosing it or not. Let me ask you this, Susie, I see in adults and children that this extract is um, quite effective. And so we don't tend to need it for a long period of time. Do you find that true in pets as well? Yeah, actually, that's a really good point, Lauren. I mean, now that you bring that up, I when dog rose is, it hits and it's really resonating, it works very quickly. Yeah, so I may, I mean, for example, I used it on my own cat yesterday and I saw a difference in 24 hours. Mm. It was incredible. Mm. Um, so yeah, I maybe, I would say probably maybe a couple of weeks mm. on the average, you know? Mm. Yeah. And mm. then, and then I, and then I would be switching to something else because that extreme state has been calmed down. So Susie, this is great. What I'm thinking about is you said this that I think would be important for us to cover for our listeners is how, how we actually give this dose. Now I have a hundred pound Great Pyrenees that comes in the door in the morning and sits by her Jimmo bottles and waits for her dose. So I'm certainly not wrestling with a, a pup or um, a overreactive dog um, and Lucy will let me pull her lip out and drop it in and off she goes. What would you, what do you recommend to folks? Well, I have a few uh, methods. <laughs> I, I, I like to, I, I do like to kind of get it in the mouth if possible. And for many dogs, I mean, I, I would say this is more of an issue for cats, although it can be done just, with an eyedropper directly in the mouth. But for dogs, many dogs like yours will take the drop out of their guardian's hand. You know, they might place a drop um, in the palm of their hand and the dog will lick it. And so that's great. Um, many will take it just in an eyedropper and just drop it, drop it in with no problem. If those options are challenging for people, you could definitely place a drop on the inner flap of the ear where there's just the, the cartilage and not the, the hair and just kind of rub it into the inner flap of the ear, that will work. You could also place a drop on their paw pads mm. and the extract will be absorbed that way. 
So, and, and, and they have worked um, even being placed in food. It's not my first go-to, but it, they, they do, they will work that way. Hmm. So I think, um, yeah. Well, that's very helpful, Susie. You reminded me, um, you know, Ruby, our calico, we have a, of course, she's a cat and giving her gemos, she isn't quite as cooperative as her, her, her sister. Um, I rub it on her nose and that seems to work very well and she'll lick that off. Ah, that's great. I think, um, I think you're lucky that she'll do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think cats in particular are so sensitive to smells. Mm -hmm. And so that may not work for all cats. Mm -hmm. I mean, once you place it on the nose, it's there and it's done. But I think the smell for many cats could be a little aggravating for them. So I think it depends on the cat, but that, that's great if Ruby will take it that way. She knows it's good for her. <laughs> well, I think she doesn't want to miss out on anything she thinks Lucy's getting. So there you go. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. So Susie, there's another extract I'd like to share with our listeners while we're still together today. And I think it's a great um, alternative to dog rose, um, but also could be a good follow on. And that's walnut. And in humans, in a microdose, we're seeing that walnut also harmonizes the central nervous system. And especially for folks that feel the need to be alone, um, that when they feel vulnerable or afraid, they prefer their own company to others. So they might withdraw a bit. Um, we're seeing it now for folks that feel a lack of safety leaving their home, that that increases their anxiety. Um, so there's definitely um, a layer to it of providing safety and strength and, and being um, on, on their self and being alone and also being able to re-engage with others. Other than the nervous system, Walnut has a multitude of goodness for pets, which we'll talk about when we talk about the elimination extracts on a further episode but just a, a quick preview because it's so helpful in um, what it does on the mucosal level for pets and creating a environment that's actually hostile to any bacteria, toxins, and various pathogens. But for, which is interesting because on the emotional level, it does the same thing. It gives a shield, a protective shield. Um, Susie, how do you see walnut as a nervous system extract for pets? Well, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's interesting the things you brought up in relation to humans that um, directly translate to the animals. So this idea of protection and shielding is how I see walnut for the animals. And I see it as determining or in, intuiting maybe or observing when an animal might feel unsafe and might need some 
mental, emotional protection and even physical protection. So these could be situations where um, being alone for them is a problem, but different than the way in dog rose where it goes to that sort of heightened sort of over the top degree. This is more because they are just not having that, they're feeling unsafe because they just don't have that sense of protection. So being alone for them in that context, um, walnut would be really good. Um, I think in situations where there are changes ch and changes of any kind would be really great to utilize walnut. And this could be like maybe new animals arriving in the house, a change of environment. Um, it could be vet visits might, you know, bring this on birth surgeries, um, family members leaving the home, maybe kids are going off to college or, you know, there's a change, that sort of a change. And, and the animal could just really be needing that sense of emotional protection. Um, I think also like animals that um, hide, because of a sense of lack of protection would be good for walnut. And even animals that are feeling overly protective of their own space. And they, because the underlying reason is that they, they, they really need to feel that self-protection. And so if they are lacking that self-protection, then they tend to get kind of overly protective of their own space. So I think those situations are also good. Um, I also am going to just say a little, just a little sentence here about living with guardians that who are experiencing their own nervous system challenges. And let's face it, we all are, we all are. And so given the sensitivity of animals and how much they pick up on us, sometimes perhaps a little protection for them in the form of walnut is very helpful when we, are going through our own challenges and it really can help them to navigate, you know, the, the experience along with us. So yeah, it's, it's great emotional protection. Um, and then it's an added benefit as Lauren, as we'll, Lauren mentioned, we'll talk about in the future, any animals with digestive issues, you know, if you're seeing that along, uh, at the same time as, as a central nervous system issue, walnut is almost like indispensable <laughs> in those situations. So yeah, I, I'm really liking walnut at this time. I'm, I'm using it more and more actually for this emotional protection piece. So Susie, that was really helpful and a very important point. Um, I think because this is our, our um, first full episode, maybe we need to talk a little bit about some of the nuts and bolts of working with pets with GMOs before we close out. And I think one of the things as a pet owner, I would question is, um, you know, how often do I do this? How long? And when I'm talking with um, humans, we're looking at building resiliency. Right. And um, so we're going to be taking this extract on a daily basis until we see resiliency arise. And in adults, that looks like being able to move through situations with ease and um, 
Yes, we may get anxious and yes, we may feel sad, um, but we can pull ourselves through and um, come back to a more balanced state. And then, then it would be time for a different central nervous system extract. How would you describe that to folks when we're looking at our own pets? That's a great question. Um, I think it's highly individualized, of course. And, uh, but I think generally, generally what is noticed is an overall sense of calm. I mean, that's, that's always noticed. When there are issues that we are really trying to work on, I think oftentimes we can see a lessening of the degree of severity of that symptom. Like if we have an animal that is really having a hard time with strangers coming into the house and they're very reactive to that, you might see, in, you might see maybe they're going to now react for 10 seconds. You know, instead of reacting for uh, a half, 30 minutes or, or never being able to calm down, you know, or, you know, being out with uh, external stimuli in crowds and they might, you know, you'll, you'll, it's just going to be a, a tamping down of the situation. Um, and I mean, eventually it, it, it can go away. So I think it really depends on... Uh, what your individual animal is doing. I think, you know, some animals could get, could, could get out of, or, you know, move through their state rather quickly and others, it just takes more time. So I, I, I really think it's kind of hard to answer because it, it is very individualized, but sure. those are the, those are the barometers to look for. I think the, the overall sense of calm and then how quickly is the animal able to move through what the previous trigger might have been. Right. Susie, thanks for sharing that. And, and I think this is a good time to, for me to explain the beauty of gemotherapy is we're not suppressing anything. We're supporting the body's natural responses. And we, we all, including our pets, have an autonomic nervous system that's designed to save our life. And it takes us into states depending on our perception. And the key point there is it takes us into those states. We aren't controlling it and neither do our pets. We're responding based on our history, based on the information we've received over the course of our life of what's threatening and dangerous versus what's safe and comforting. And um, so, what just is coming up for me now, I think pet owners, you're going to learn about a lot about yourself and your own reactivity as you observe your pets and um, step into this relationship with chemotherapy for them. Um, you'll see that, oh, that's what resilience looks like. It doesn't mean um, I've given them a anti-anxiety pill that just like you said, Susie, tamps down the experience, what, what happens is that you see a um, healthy resilience, like, oh, that feels reactive, I should react, not reactivity to every stimuli. Yes, exactly. And 
And the important thing is the, the resiliency to realize that, uh, that you, yes, you may react to the stimuli, but a quick resiliency to understand that it isn't actually unsafe, you know, that idea. And even, and even an animal's ability to take in the cues of safety that maybe they weren't able to do before, you know, so maybe, maybe that where the reassurance from their guardian wasn't as helpful before on the gemos, that can be very helpful now, you know, they are able to take in that sort of um, engagement, you know, uh, <clears throat> with their, with their guardian, which that, that, those are things that would definitely be noticed as well. Yeah. Instead of the running and instead of, instead of the hiding for hours, you know, they are more receptive to an, an interaction and a pet and a cuddle and a hug from their human and that sort of, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Susie. I know our listeners are going to love hearing your wisdom with each of these episodes. And I am so grateful for your willingness to step up and team up with me on this project. Um, I want to invite everyone to take a look at the show notes where you'll find Susie's contact information through email. And you'll also find a link to my website where you can learn um, all you'd ever want to know about gemotherapy and find these extracts um, for sale on the store. Um, Susie, anything you'd like to add in closing? No, I'm just so happy to be doing this with you, Lauren. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, it is, after all, my favorite topic. <laughs> the more animals that can be helped, the, the happier that makes me inside. <laughs> so this is wonderful. Thank you. Great, Susie. And I want to thank all of our listeners. And I want to invite you to subscribe at wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss a single bit of um, this wisdom that Susie will be passing along. Mm-hmm.